All right, hey gang, this episode is Bumpered. The bumpers are by this uh, funny program on the Netflix called Inside Job. It's uh, season one, episode five. The title of the episode is The Brett Fist Club. <clears throat> and it's an episode where they uh, they go to a town that is stuck in the 80s. And we're pulling clips from that for bumpers. I bust a little a little rap in the middle of the episode. And we also have Matthew making a return on the program with a, uh, a pre-recorded segment that Matthew uh, kicked over to the wine cellar. And so we mix that in. Phoenix Kaliter comes in the uh, second half of the program, and this whole episode is going to go ahead and just be public. This one is not Patreon only. It is posted to Patreon, but it's also on our regular RSS feed that goes out to all the podcasting platforms, because I also want to just let the folks know that listen via those platforms. You're not missing episodes. I'm not producing less. It's just that most, all, damn near all, of what I'm doing as far as new stuff has been going straight to Patreon only. Uh, and most of it is just going to all tiers. Like until I get more folks there on Patreon, a lot of the stuff is going to all tiers. Whether you're at the um, the $1 a month level I said is Conversation Radio. The um, the $5 tier is for when Phoenix Kaliter does um, just uh, sex workers rights. If you're at the $5 tier, you get all the $1 shit as well. And the $10 a month level is the Phoenix and William show uh, where Phoenix and I are, uh, you know, do, doing what we've been doing for seven years now. <laughs> all right. If you've been around, you know what we you know what we do on this here program. And uh, yeah, a lot of the content is just going straight there. So it's not like we aren't producing. It's just that I have to put the stuff where it helps the household. All right. So that's that's what's cracking. But this particular episode and um, we did record a great deal of uh, additional material after this. All that stuff that I recorded on this particular Wednesday is going to go ahead and be public on the socialized feed. Hopefully, folks, come on over to the Patreon, because moving forward, that is where the mass amount of content is going. I'm even going to be, um, I've already started, actually. I've deleted about somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50 episodes from the primary feed. And those episodes are just going away, and they're just going to uh, Patreon, and that's just where they're going to be. They're Patreon only. All right. All right. And the episode begins. This November, leaders from around the world are gathering in Glasgow, Scotland for the COP26 International Climate Talks. COP means Conference of the Parties. They are talks brokered by the United Nations to bring countries together to deal with the climate crisis. You know, this moment demands urgency. Good ideas and good intentions aren't good enough. The hope is that world leaders will agree on concrete plans for how to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. And if all this sounds familiar, well, it's because they've tried before. This is a very long process. We take decades. We will go forward and join consensus in this today. Now must be our moment for action. The world is on a catastrophic pathway to 2.7 degrees of eating. The first Climate COP summit took place in Berlin in 1995, and representatives from more than 170 states or territories attended. Two years later, progress. The parties at COP3 in Japan agreed to the Kyoto Protocol, 
in which 37 industrialised states or territories were legally bound to start reducing their emissions. But the biggest polluter at the time, the United States, refused to ratify the agreement because it didn't oblige developing nations, like China, to cut emissions. In the following years, climate slid on and off the global agenda. After 9-11, the world's attention shifted to fighting international terrorism. Climate issues took a back seat. And all the while, greenhouse gas emissions continued to soar, and without the United States and China on board, the Kyoto Protocol began to crumble. Successive climate summits produced few results. COP15 in Copenhagen in 2009 was highly anticipated, but fell short. It's not acceptable. It's definitely not acceptable. It's disappointing. Then, at COP21 in Paris, there was a breakthrough. In 2015, the Paris Agreement was adopted by more than 190 parties, including the US and China, and effectively replaced Kyoto. Its ambition was to limit global warming to well below 2, but preferably 1.5 degrees Celsius, above pre-industrial levels. But the watchdog Climate Action Tracker shows that all major economies are off-track to meeting their obligations to contain temperature rise. And as governments lagged in fulfilling their pledges, a new wave of youth-led environmental activism was born. All you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you! And then came this announcement. It is time to put Youngstown, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, before Paris, France. Then US President Donald Trump withdrew the United States from the Paris Agreement, only for his successor, President Biden, to bring the US back into it. Scientists warn that this decade will be crucial for the planet's future, and COP26 has become a pivotal moment to avoid climate catastrophe, and the pressure is rising on world leaders to meet it. Mm-hmm. Looking at my uh, my decibels there. All right, good. Well, you tuned into the wine cellar, so you know what you came for. And really, at this point, I think wine cellar audience members should really know each other. We should reactivate that wine cellar, um, wine cellar podcast friends group on the Facebook, or really bring in new members. Like, if you're like on the Patreon, or you're one of these people that just regularly downloads like every single episode or streams every single episode. You should really, if you hate Facebook, nigga, so? And also, you don't hate Facebook. You hate the stupid shit that you don't have to follow on Facebook. You realize you don't have to follow the stupid shit. Make a Facebook account. Join the Wine Cellar Podcast Friends Group. You should all know each other. You're connected through my stupid ass high-pitched voice, and you know it. All right, so what did you come for, and what are you getting? So let's take a look over here at uh, globalwitness.org. Oh, excuse me. And this is actually up two days ago uh, from the time of recording. The time of recording is November is November 10th, 2021. The time that this press release went up was November 8th, 2021. I do not see an individual writer's name attached to this. We just need a wee bitty boo from this about Climate Gala in Glasgow. So, 
there was a data analysis of the United Nations provisional list of named attendees. A data analysis of the United Nations provisional list of named attendees, named attendees at the climate gala. And this was by the Corporate Accountability Corporate Europe Observatory CEO of Glasgow, and he is calling them out. He calls out polluters and Global Witness reveals the scale at which corporate actors with a stake in the continued burning of fossil fuels have been enjoying access to these critical talks. So, they're affiliated with um, folks like Shell, um, Gazprom, and BP, or attending as members of delegations that act on behalf of the fossil fuel industry. I actually don't know who. Wait, what's his name again? Gazprom, G A Z Prom. I am not. I've never seen that word before. What in the holy heck darn is that? Let me uh, just see who the fuck are these folks? Who was Gazprom? They're a Russian majority state-owned multinational energy corporation. Okay, so it's uh, it, it's it's Russian um capitalism. So Russian capitalists in the motherfucking house. Uh, the analysis finds, and let's take a look at these here five bullet points. The analysis finds if the fossil fuel lobby were a country. Delegations at a at C it were were a country delegation at COP, you know, like say China's there, you know, like if they were China, it would be the largest there, all right, and two dozen more than the largest country there, two dozen more. Um, over 100 fossil fuel companies are represented, over 100. Fossil fuel companies are represented at the uh, COP26 with 30 trade associations and membership organizations also present. The fossil fuel lobbyists dwarf the U- the UNFCCC's uh, oh, excuse me, <laughs> official indigenous constituency by around two to one. And let's just put a pin in this real quick. Uh, UNFCCC, uh, that stands for United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. All right. And the fossil fuel lobbyists, they dwarf, which means there's a great deal more of them. They dwarf. The UNFCCC's um, official indigenous constituency by around two to one. Uh, uh, fourth bullet point the fossil fuel lobby at COP26 is larger than the combined total of the eight delegations from the countries worst affected by climate change in the last two decades. They're larger than the combined total of eight delegations from the countries worst affected by climate change in the last two decades. 
Puerto Rico, Myanmar, Haiti, Philippines, Mozambique, Bahamas, Bangladesh, and Pakistan. Last bullet point, 27 official country delegations registered fossil fuel lobbyists, including Canada, Russia, and Brazil. Say hello to today's mission. Jolt cola? Lawn darts? Slap bracelet? Son of a bitch! What kind of mission is this, JR? Are we assassinating a 1980s sleepover? Not directly. Still Valley, Wyoming. In 1984, we tested our first mind-erasing chemicals there. Unfortunately, they worked too well. They've been mentally stuck in 1984 ever since, which makes it the perfect place for us to sell all of corporate America's recalled, outdated, and dangerous products. Ow! God damn, these things are sharp. We're trapping a town in the 80s to sell them recalled crap? That is radically unethical. Yes, radically unethical! <laughs> now, in um, in sticking with uh, COP26 and this uh, fossil fuel business, uh, now we're going to uh, turn ourselves from the folks over at globalwitness.org and flip on over to businessinsider.com with an article up by Bill Bostock, also November 8th at uh, 5.36 in the a.m. All right. Let's fly right past the bullet points and get down to the funky stuff. Now, representatives of the fossil fuel industry outnumbered the delegations of any single country at the COP26 climate summit, according to the NGO Global Witness. Man, in refreshing myself and yourself, (laughs) uh, NGO stands for Non-Governmental Organization. All right. Now, let's uh, continue on forward here, Um, and which they're talking about the one that we previously looked at right before the bumper there. So at COP26, the United Nations uh, Climate Conference in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, hosted around 40,000 politicians, campaigners, and business representatives in the hope of addressing the climate crisis. Hope. I mean, you you can hope for all kind of shit. I mean, really, you just gotta, you kind of gotta reach across the aisle to the fossil fuel industry and see what they want. They'll strike up a good deal with them. Maybe they make uh, electric cars. You know, electric cars, and then we can run those electric cars on coal, and then we all win. Uh, Continuing. Uh, The United Nations list of provisional participants obtained by Global Witness, we just looked at those folks, Uh, They said that at least 503 fossil fuel lobbyists attended the event. The group was larger by 24 people uh, than the uh, biggest national delegation, which was 479 people sent by Brazil. Uh, One of the most uh, prominent uh, presences... 
presences. Yeah, whatever. One of the most prominent presences was the uh, International Emissions Trading Association, IETA, International Emissions Trading Association. And they took 103 delegates, including three from the oil giant British Petroleum, BP. Remember the um, the gold and green, or yellow and green, go fuck yourself. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, and there were also 30 trade associations, again, looking back at uh, the folks over there at globalwitness.org. They did a darn good job there. Now, the uh, non-governmental organization, uh, they said, uh, and then we're quoting back from them, quote, the fossil fuel lobby at COP is larger than the combined total of the eight delegations from the country's worst affected by climate change. We saw that. Uh, Experts and activists dubbed COP26 as a failure not long after it began, as noted by insiders Tom Colson. And if anyone who's been listening to the wine cellar, I call it climate gala now. You know, it's it's a climate gala. Wear a tax the rich dress. You'll win. Uh, the conference missed um, its aspiration of large numbers of countries pledging to cut emissions sharply enough to limit temperature rises um, <clears throat> in this particular century to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. I even have a problem with that. Fuck all, fuck all this motherfucking, um, uh, keep it down to this. Keep it down to that. It needs to be reversed. You actually need to turn it around. On Wine Cellar Media, we're perfectly fine with just talking about killing folks. I live in Michigan. There's a lot of folks out here we don't need. And to my understanding, when you take out a lot of humans... You reduce um, the industrial human carbon footprint, but also what we what we learned in the wine cellar about three or four years ago was that there was a period of global cooling that was caused by Europeans coming over here and murdering so many indigenous people that the indigenous people of whom were symbiotic with the land symbiotic with the earth that because they they actually um they were actual stewards of the land a very unlike fucking christians those actual stewards of the land they took very good care of the vegetation and with all those people murdered the vegetation grew wildly and things cooled it did not go to an ice age obviously but there was a cooling point now, if we take out all the unnecessary truck drivers, all the unnecessary um, factory usage, unnecessary electricity usage, while also just full on going, going hardcore with renewable energy, right? Put a fucking, put multiple windmills in every town, like fucking... Areas where there are not trees, where the windmills will cause problems, there should be windmills every the fuck where. Windmills and solar, get that shit there. Kill the unnecessary pick up truck drivers, right? The cars already exist. You can electrify those, have electric cars, 
powered by solar power, powered by wind power, and you're much better in the game. I think engineering would have to come into place to, um, to keep the vehicles up and running, but you don't need to keep making new vehicles. You don't need to keep uh, coming up with new shit. Because that's just going to cause more fucking pollution and damage anyway. Like working in that GM plant, I literally just watch perfectly good water get mixed with oil and dumped who knows where the fuck on a regular basis. When I move through that plant going to my uh, stations that I have to hit, I pass by so many machines that are literally running water to run the machine and running that water directly into oil. It is fucking ridiculous. Do not need to keep making all this shit. Uh, looking back at here at uh, Business Insider, this is a very short piece that they put up here. All right. Um, that threshold, talking again about the 1.5 degrees Celsius, that threshold has been identified as crucial by scientists, nerds, in preventing irreversible damage to the planet. The delegates did make new pledges to limit deforestation. Also that, plant the living shit out of new trees. These fucking trees are just gone. Aren't they just fucking the game up in, in Brazil? Or down there in um, the area that Europeans have arbitrarily decided will be South America? Aren't they just fucking the tree game up out there? And um, I think it was somewhere, oh, definitely more than 18 months ago, we saw the news, maybe you remember this, that in Washington state, um, like literally uncharted land, meaning Europeans have not fucked with it, <laughs> uncharted land um, where it was like, no, cannot cut these trees down, that Washington state is going to say, hey, cut them trees down, which also that land being uncharted, unfucked with is why people like me get to tell myself that Sasquatch is real. You cut all those trees down, not only are you fucking with the planet, but you're fucking with what little bit of joy I have in my shit life. Continuing. <clears throat> Delegates, they made a new pledges to limit deforestation, finance climate change initiatives, which would mean pay for them. They won't and work harder to stop methane leaks, which is some shit that we uh, covered in the wine cellar. Uh, methane um, leaking from the seafloor in Antarctica, you know, bringing uh, global heating to a point of no return, and which there's articles on this published so far as uh, summertime of last year, but then also we've seen um, actual nerds talking to stupid-ass Congress and Senate that we were fucking around with a point of no return two decades ago, chief. Um, continuing. And also those, uh, those methane leaks in Europe. Continuing. Uh, but the scope of any action was limited, not least by the absence of China, China's president of, uh, I cannot pronounce that nigga's name worth Cause I know you're supposed to say like Xi Jing. So I can't, I'll spell it. Uh, the name is spelled X I space J I N P I N G. Matter of fact, let's, uh, let me, let me go ahead and copy and paste that. I'm pretty sure you, the YouTubes. They have a, uh, a feature where it helps you pronounce names or, you know, pronounce words and whatnot. Let's see. Let's, let's take a look at this. 
All right. Yeah. I served as a general secretary of the Communist Party of China. And we are looking at how to pronounce the name of this Chinese politician who has served as a general secretary of the Communist Party of China and chairman of the Central Military Commission since 2012. He has also been, of course, the president of the Jinping. Looking at how to pronounce Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Okay, I don't know why they had to have all that the communist party shit in there. Really, they're 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 doing their they're communizing over there. Um, but Xi Jinping, okay. Um, and uh, so there was an absence of Xi Jinping, uh, whose country is the world's largest polluter. Wait, what about America's wars? Really, is China defeating America? Because America drops bombs, and those are bad. You probably should not drop bombs onto the planet the only planet that our species can fuck around with. I know some geeks, I differentiate geeks from nerds, uh, some geeks that are really into their little dorky sci-fi shit and whatnot, they're like, I can go to another, no the fuck, you can't, it's not realistic, stop it, stop being stupid, cause you like a fucking comic book. This is the only planet that this species and other mammals and marsupials and motherfucking reptiles and shit can post up on. We cannot post up any the fuck where else. Continuing on businessinsider.com, they're the largest uh, polluter according to this article and limited contributions from other large nations like Russia. Um... And the article closes saying um, Greta Thunberg, or as Obama calls her, Greta Thunberg, uh, Greta Thunberg, one of the world's most prominent climate campaigners, dismissed the conference as a PR exercise or climate gala. I put it down better than never in seven get dome. I never was known for throwing little petulant stones. I'm better than most of the mic, I suppose, cause I'm tight. Jim Henson saw that I was born and did a show that was nice. Controlling the light in the dark like a hip-hop wizard. I get it cracking like a glacier spewing gas from the fissure. That's what I figured. And y'all want the climate reference to the wine cellar audience? I pay deference. If anyone has beef with that, will smash through and attack you. I planned it with Matthew. We have too many reasons to raise our voices. Even a nihilist like me doesn't think it's pointless. There is a thought experiment that goes as follows. Some researchers put a group of monkeys in a cage big enough for them to live in. The researchers put a platform in the cage and dangle a banana over it. Immediately, the monkeys swarm the platform to get it, and the researchers blast cold water all over them until they stop. This repeats every time the banana is presented. If any monkey goes for it, the researchers spray all of them with cold water. Eventually, when a single monkey goes after the banana, the rest of the monkeys, fearing the water, attack them and prevent them from going after the banana. Then the researchers take one of the monkeys out and replace it with a new monkey. The banana is dangled, and new monkey runs after it, and the others drag it down and beat it until it stops trying. Once it becomes acclimated, they replace another of the original monkeys with a new one, and the cycle repeats until there are none of the original monkeys left. 
if any of the monkeys attempts to go after the banana, the rest will prevent them violently. What you have created is a social norm. A social norm can be defined as things we do simply because it is done. It is not necessary to know the reason to follow the norm. Right-handedness developed as a social norm because people needed to eat and wipe their bums. Since most people are right-handed, it made sense that the food hand be the dominant one and the poop hand the other. However, this meant people using their left hand to eat would spread disease. If someone was caught using their poop hand, they would be seen as evil. Abusing left-handed people into right-handedness was common into the 20th century, even in so-called developed countries. The norm was not bolstered by a rational argument about why people should use their right hand even when there was a valid reason. Ignorant of the way diseases are spread, older cultures simply saw a problem and stamped it out the best way they could. But we live in an era where we can rationally address the roots of problems. The war on drugs proves we still address problems by do as I say, not rational discourse. Studies have shown for years the way to deal with drug addiction is to provide resources for mental health and stable living, not prohibitions. Yet resources for people suffering addiction are not provided. The more expensive option of incarceration is pursued, leading to absentee parents, often fathers, and economic distress for households and families. Without a second earner or a role model, children lose out on the ability to develop in a stable environment, and the cycles of abuse lead to further addiction and incarceration, and the merry-go-round keeps turning. What we never seem to question is why society is structured this way in the first place. Is hierarchy natural? Is government necessary? Is private property justified? These norms are handed down because I said so, not by rational discourse. Challenging these norms is hard. When your livelihood hangs on having a job, questioning the right of your boss to own the business that provides your income can seem like pointless navel-gazing. What does it benefit you to know your boss is a leech when you still need the paycheck? But if we do not question whether these institutions exist for the purpose they serve, or if the purpose they serve is one we collectively need, we just do things because we do them. Modern anthropology has shown the earliest human societies operated in egalitarian ways. They were ho organized horizontally, where no one was raised above the others. This persisted for 93 to 97% of human history. When people began to rely on sedentary agriculture, it became necessary to defend those areas, leading to a noble class. Religious sites nomadic people would revisit became tended by holy people who didn't involve themselves in the productive economy but still had to eat. These priests and the nobilities that arose had to justify their support. Thus, hierarchy was born. When resources are plentiful and hard to hoard, equality reigns. When they are limited, hierarchy rises to determine who deserves what. Hierarchies can rarely, if ever, meet the demand, justify yourself, but this failure doesn't lead to those who benefit from their position conceding and making space for other institutions. Instead, justifications abandon material conditions in favor of, God has ordained it. Perhaps previous societies were unable to diversify their diet while feeding a growing populace, and therefore unequal distribution was regrettable but necessary. However, we live in a post-scarcity world. The nutritional content of our food diminishes as meat and grains are subsidized and the diets of people in food deserts become more and more monochromatic. It is the most bitter irony that our society has the capacity to feed the people the healthiest diet humanity has ever known, but pays farmers to throw food out just to maintain competitive prices. We now live in a world where there's enough for everyone, but resources are distributed not according to need, but according to profit. And why? Because we will tear each other down beat each other to a pulp just to maintain the order. Police, military, prisons, schools, media, churches, governments, our peers, 
toilet paper, we replicate obsolete conditions mindlessly. We must question why we do what we do, or we fall victim to a cage of our own design. We are not monkeys at the mercy of researchers, but as long as we let ourselves be led by tradition rather than responding to present need, we will be ruled by the ghosts of our ancestors' mistakes. Let's break the cage. Let's build a world that exists for us, not one that we exist to feed. Ah, I still can't believe we're able to buy a 1980s family home with just the cash in our wallets. Why are baby boomers so mad all the time? We don't know! Look, we're just staying in this house as a cover while we hunt for Mike. Now let's get this over with. I have undercover roles for everyone. Glenn, you'll be the dad. A gruff yet lovable teacher at the high school. You can grill your students for info. A Guantanamo for teenagers? I love it! Gigi, you'll be our mom slash editor of the local paper. Snoop that gossip. A baby and a briefcase? I want it all! Andre, you'll be a local Chinese restaurant owner. I'm Korean. And Reagan, we're fraternal twins. I'll be the boy! Fine, let's just go investigate wherever normal kids hang out. I want to say welding parts store. Oh, sweet emotionally abused Reagan. We're going to the mall. 80s wife. All right. And from the Phoenix Collider sector, uh, there is a uh, um, there's a teenager out there that is, uh, well, as they say, you're uh, just young and making mistakes. So I've been told. So um, I have been told. Um, I did not prep this at all. This is 100% flying right off the top. There's multiple articles on the same story. Uh, these folks over here at KSAT, okay. on The Drive, on Mercury News, Houston My, Chronicle. The one I found was off the Huffington Puffington Post. Thank you very much. Man, I wish I could remember... Who the hell said that? Was it Lance Wallnow? Was that his I name? I really thought it was the one of the Dave Dobenmeyer guys. He is one of those guys. Oh, yeah. well, Lance then that, that guy. But yeah, it wasn't it like... <coughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure it was someone we found adjacent to Dave Dobenmeyer. We're like, who the fuck is this guy? And it was like, you know... Ooh. It was one of those people who comes up in the recommendations, right? You know how you watch like PewDiePie on YouTube and they're like, do you want to watch Richard Spencer next? That sort of thing. What the fuck? Um, oh, wait. Oh, so this story is... Wait, how new is this story or how old is it? Or are there... Are there um, multiple stories like this? Our words is heating up ah, over the investment. It, it auto-played that. Um, this is showing me an update from four hours ago and the original story was from September 25th. Okay, so what the... Yeah, because, yeah. like, there's this one. I don't know if this is related, right? We're literally doing show oh, yeah, prep right. and Waller reporting. County, Texas. It is the same county in Texas. Yeah, because it says the Waller police chief admits officer mishandled the scene when the truck hit cyclists and denies special treatment for teen driver. Well, that motherfucker well, did it on purpose. Let's scroll down and see. Yeah, Phoenix and I were just arguing about this. I think that kid's a deliberate murderer. It was beyond Roland Cole. He wanted to kill. Kyle Rittenhouse wanted to kill. Dylan Roof wanted to kill. That, uh, I remember her name, that white girl that was poisoning the black girl in her college mm-hmm. dorm room mm-hmm. wanted to kill. Mm-hmm. They kill us. I'm not saying they're not killers. I'm just, you know. You're being nuanced. Um, yeah, no, this is from September 25th, 2021. Um, no, I'm not being, honestly, I don't think I'm being that nuanced. I think that, um, 
he was trying to be edgy and it backfired. Like, I don't think he feels bad about it or anything. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't think, like, he went out there like, I'm going to run them over. I think he literally went out there like, I'm just going to fuck with them. And it didn't go according to plan. Like, you know, I mean, fuck him. We can, you know, yeah. wood chipper. <laughs> but, you know. But, yeah, I don't think, like, his he intended to go out there and kill people. I think he intended to go out there and be an asshole. And he um, couldn't get a grip on it. He should get beat to death by women that have been stalked by incels. I'm okay with that. Beat to death. Uh, <clears throat> I remember back when, um, back when I thought Joe Rogan had a pretty decent podcast, and it was that one story where um, the one, one of those fucking shoot 'em up murder motherfuckers, like they went on the stand in court, they wanted to take the stand, mm-hmm. and like they laughed about it and shit. And, and, like, they didn't even cover the story because it's not a news and comment show anyway, but right. his podcast was new at the time. He didn't even have, like, a hundred episodes yet. And uh, and somebody brought that story up, and he was like, what? Oh, no, no. You, here's what you do. You just fucking shut the courtroom down, take that little motherfucker out back, and beat him to death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... All right, so I'm going to start here then with this story off uh, KHOU11. I'm guessing that's K Houston 11. Yes. Um, where uh, Chief Bill Llewellyn, it looks like double L E W E double L Y N, Llewellyn. Llewellyn, yes. Uh, Chief Bill, which also has double L's. This nigga taking all sorts of double L's with this story. Uh, Chief Bill Llewellyn is pushing back in response to criticism from Waller County DA. That's the uh, district attorney. What the heck, Don? There we go. Uh, The Waller County uh, DA, Elton Mathis, not the judge, and others who want to know why the driver wasn't charged. Holy shit, damn. Yep. All right, um... So Waller's uh, Waller's police chief admitted Thursday his officer mishandled the initial investigation when six cyclists were struck by a teenage murderer driving a truck last month. Three were seriously injured with traumatic brain injuries and broken bones. According to witnesses, the teen was taunting the cyclist by hurling coal or blowing exhaust smoke as he passed them. The teen hit the cyclists who were in front of them. Um, Robin Kincaid, um, way back on the uh, head-on radio network, The Horn, and that's Robin Kincaid. Uh, Do not dead name this individual. Mm -hmm. And um, back when Roland Cole was a new thing to my ears, I don't know how new it was at the time, but it was new to me. And Robin Kincaid argued that um, that that should just be an attempted murder charge because yeah. you're like you're trying to put like Man, shit smoke that, up there. Yeah, yeah. People can't breathe that shit. Mm-hmm. So like, far as I'm concerned, like I agree with Robin that Roland Cole is already attempted murder. Right. And then this, so this nigga basically just succeeded in murder in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Whoops! Because if they if they would have just murdered them by rolling coal, they would have just rolled off. That'd have been it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It'd have just been gone. That would have just been like, how many fucking white men are just walking around that have murdered people? So many. 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, honestly. Well, and, and this is, you know, I, I know you're not like a Twitter person, but this is like one of the Twitter discourses we recently had where a bunch of white people who were like, yeah, I had a Nazi phase when I was like a high schooler or in my early 20s, but like I'm a leftist now. You have to let me in your spaces. And I was like, hold the fuck up. Just because you weren't a literal Nazi pushing people in gas chambers doesn't mean you weren't killing people or hurting people. You were still perpetuating the ideology that gets people murdered. Like, you need to be accountable for that. Okay. <laughs> Let's say society, the, the society, really does start to collapse. Ugh. I will totally let I you in the would. space just so that I'll have you alone to fucking kill you. Like, literally, as soon as we sit down, it's like, all right, we're having the meeting. Um, Fuck it. This is the, well, the wine cellar, right? Mm-hmm. That's the name of our set. We're about 50 right. deep. Right. You know, we're the wine cellar. And uh, here's our new inductees, Eric, James, and Gunther. Kill them. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say, like, I was about to say, like, I, th- I thought you were talking about one of them, but I'm pretty sure you want to kill at least one person with each of those names. All so, three. All of them. Yep. Um, but it's also funny that you think that if we did have a society collapse, that they would make it to the wine cellar. They'd want to get in. They would want to get in, but these people are not preppers. They would not, they would not make it here. Bring whatever supplies you got. Bring it on, brother. Bring your brother. And then looks like they we would got, die got... halfway here. Oh no, they would. Like make we that. would have, like we would have to go to Indiana to pick up what they dropped and died, like carrying. Like, and who wants to go to Indiana? Who wants to go to Indiana? But I don't yeah. want Mike Pence's AIDS needles. Oh God, uh, I had to tweet about that yesterday, but yeah, fucking Mike Pence. <laughs> uh, taking a look back at it off of K Houston 11 K H O U um, dot com. <clears throat> and so Roland Cole, uh, they have an editor's note. They say um, the video in this story originally aired October 7th. The time of recording this is November 10th. Yes. Uh, the driver stayed on the scene and spoke with the police, but was not charged or ticketed. Hmm. That is preferential treatment, folks. Absolutely. Or, I mean, let's just say it, uh, white supremacy and patriarchy in action. Well, the thing is that white privilege doesn't actually exist, so... Yeah, because I'm guessing, like, I, I don't I don't know the ethnicity of a cyclist, but, like, I mean, proximity does happen. He probably just hit other white people. Yeah, Now, I'm let's sure. say a white woman had hit some people. Cop probably would have fucked her up. Mm-hmm. Especially if, if you're a white woman and you hit a white man with a truck. Yeah. Oh, fuck no. Or even if they were, like, white men, but they were kind of, like, lefty looking. You know, the quote-unquote soy boys. Hmm. You know, like, looking a little bit uh, stereotypically, like, femme, I guess. Yeah, they would not have been given that treatment. Hmm. Because, yeah, I've, I've seen cops arrest white men who behave femme or act femme, and it's, it's not good. Oof. So, yeah. So, yeah, not even that. This is a very... Um, he he was this was his uh, good old boys uh, introduction. Yep. Like he, you're one of us now. You you did the thing that we do. You yep. know that that sort of shit. Right. And then again, uh, tangenting again, um, like on the like, who knows how many white men are just walking around like normal people that have murdered someone. Mm-hmm. When you think about like that small town bully shit. Yeah. With the fu- those bullies kill people. 
And no one knows because mm-hmm. no one cares. Body just gets found in the woods three years later. Yeah, that. But then even then, um, outside of like direct uh, murdering somebody, how often do we uh, take into account like the people who commit suicide or turn to addiction and end up like overdosing because of because they have to be around people like this? And it's just awful. You know? Right. Like remember when Crystal Ball, um, the, the leftist big home girl. Uh, was uh, arguing about that. What was that young motherfucker that uh, like was trying to do revenge? All sorts of shit, revenge mm-hmm. porn. I guess they yes. call it. That was running for office, and they're like, mm-hmm. "You're cancel culturing him." But he has really good progressive ideas, even though he hits women and rapes them. That's right. That hot tub beat down. Right. Mm-hmm. That was that story. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, off the tangent. So, um, the driver stayed on the scene, spoke with the good old boys network, and um, there have been ale- allegations that. He, quote, has connections to city officials. Uh-huh. Um, and they, they stated on the Facebooks that the incident is still under investigation. And the police chief responds to critics on the Facebooks. Uh, the Waller uh, County District Attorney uh, Elton Mathis accused the Waller Police Department of botching the investigation by failing to treat it as a crime scene. Because if it's a crime scene, it's one of the things is you're not supposed to fucking move anything, right? Exactly. You have to uh, keep everything for evidence, photographs, right? Because because uh, it's not just the, the fact that it's a crime scene in and of itself. It's that the evidence that you take is what's used in court, right? So then they can be like, because this was a, um, a vehicle situation. Yeah. So they can literally be like, oh, but based on these tire skids, he either tried to stop and couldn't. Or he just ran them straight the fuck over, right? Like, that's the point of having a crime scene, so you can make that distinction, right? Fuck. And, um, do-do-do-do-do. Don't treat it as a crime scene. So, yeah, they probably moved shit. They probably moved the bikes. The bicycles should have stayed exactly where they were. Yeah. If anyone's helmet stays off, falls off, you got to stick it where it is. Mm-hmm. What are the hit like those little yellow triangle marker things yep. and stick it on the ground and, like, yes. number it. This is a yeah. piece of evidence number six, and this is where it was when we showed up at the scene. Mm-hmm. Right, because, and again, because all those things really do um, tell the story of the crime because, you know, depending if you... Uh, you got like hit and your helmet fell off it's gonna fly further than if you took your helmet off and dropped it right Ah. from where you got so like that so I mean yeah really these things do uh, tell the story of the crime and uh, how much physical violence there was and you know all that also Mm. sorry I'm literally blocking 112 people on Twitter right now (laughs) oh you're controlled yeah oh from what what did you post Oh, um, it was uh, a quote-unquote leftist white gay man who's gay, so you can't tell him anything, who thinks that it's really funny when disabled people and working-class people don't know how 401ks work because they've never had access to jobs that offer them that before. And so he's basically, like, laughing that, like, chronically, like, people born in poverty don't understand 401ks, and I just don't want to deal with it. Oh, what did you, like, you mentioned him? You quote tweeted oh, him? Oh, I, yeah, I quote tweeted him, and I was like, this is really inappropriate, because people don't know how these work, and a bunch of people who are quote-unquote leftists who follow me liked it, and I was like, oh, blocking everybody who liked this tweet. <laughs> His tweet, so, yeah. Oh, wait, so are they trolling? I, I, should, pro- I should probably not be asking you this on the program. <laughs> this is a wrong kind of tangent. Uh, but yes. Uh, yeah, damn, I, I lost my spot. Let me pause it. Right. But yeah, so... Um, oh, you, you got it. Oh, right. But yeah, so the point being that, um, you know, messing with the evidence is actually a huge thing because the evidence is what tells the story. It's not just the fact that, you know, like, 
there's a helmet or there's a blood stain. It's that we can, you know, we now have the um, the technology and information to look at the crime scene and be like, oh, a blood stain that was dropped from this angle tells me uh, how hard someone was hit, or oh, this helmet being pushed this way tells me how hard someone got hit. And if this is a vehicle situation where he's running people over, then yeah, we really do need that crime scene because that will be the ultimate. Um, determination in court, legally speaking, of was this intentional? Was this an accident? Um, did this person who did this try to help people after the fact? And so, yeah, we really do need that. Um, yeah. And I, I don't like that they're using the word botched. Wrong word. Yeah, that's the like wrong word. Intentionally uh, sabotaged. Sabotaged. Yeah, they sabotaged. It's, it. Yeah, sabotaged. They, did that on purpose. Yeah. They, they wanted to protect their boy because they want their boy to be one of them. Probably want him to be a cop. I didn't. I say a couple minutes ago that this was his uh, introduction into the the, the, or, the boys network. It? He probably got introduced to the good old boys network when he was like twelve. Well, but this is his. Uh, this was his like his. Uh, his, his confirmation, like his hands-on, hmm. like you did it with your own hands, you're one of us now type yeah. vibe. That we know of. Ugh. Again, we don't know if he's killed before, mm. right? Like we've covered stories where fucking little white boys in elementary school tried to lynch a little black girl. We've covered that. Shit, we covered the one with the um the boy who shot his little brother. Do you remember that one where they were playing cops and robbers and he got a hold of his parents' gun and shot his little brother? But when he shot his little brother, it was because like the the child's words were because his little brother failed to comply. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and the like... um the little boy that uh that got the shotgun and shot the little girl because uh, she I had a puppy. Wouldn't let him pet the dog. Yeah. Yes. And then the one where uh, he shot his sister because he wanted the video game controller. I remember that one too. Yeah, these they've been this killing. Is awful. This is horrible. Yeah. Where are their fathers? What the hell? I want to kill them too. Kill them all. <laughs> kill them. Fucking kill them, folks. That's why folks tune in the wine cellar. Because <laughs> we're like just be like, gotta kill some folks. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't want to be like Obama. I don't want to torture some folks. I want to kill some folks. Right. But then, I mean, also, you kind of have to, because what do you. How do you. Yeah, there's no reconciling. There's no fixing. I'm not for this re education shit. That. Right, because that really is like a big problem that I think that the left doesn't actually address with, you know, stories like this, where how do you plan to rehabilitate this person? Like, like, Wait, I'm re- serious. My bad. Rehabilitate? Is that the right word? Yes. Because he's already able. He's able to kill people. I want to, <laughs> yes. I want to remove his ability to kill people by killing him. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, that is the conversation, though, because people will insist like, you know, but you have to rehabilitate them or you have to, you know, give them second chances and things like that. And like normally I would agree that you do need to give people second chances, but he just ran people over for the fuck of it. Nope. I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to reform that or rehabilitate that and Nope. Like, yeah, and I, I really do think that that is a question, uh, a discussion that leftists need to have. Because this isn't the fucking, the weed man who got 20 years on the fucking crime bill shit. This is someone who got in a truck and was like, I want to kill some people. I want I want to get in a vehicle capable of murder and hurt people. How do you reform that mindset? I don't know. Yeah. I oh, don't, you don't, you know. You can't. <laughs> It's 2000, it has been five centuries that we've had contact with these fucking monkeys in this hemisphere. Yes. And then they have amounts of time that I don't even really know of. I'm not a historian, but from what I know, Europeans were fucked up when they were in Europe too. 
Yes, they were. Yeah, well, yeah. It's useless. Kill them. If you are a European that that was born in this continent or elsewhere, and like you're like, oh, no, this stuff is not good. I'm, it's not like I want to kill you too. Heating up God over damn it! Investigation into a oh, it just automatically. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do that. Yeah, if you leave them on, they'll just. They'll, oh, Jesus. And Sorry. I wish that there was like a timer on display or something. It just does it. It just reloads on its own. You know. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to take out all white people. No one doesn't understand that. It's like, yeah, no, there are a few white lives that matter. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on few. <laughs> yes. I'm just, trying to, I'm just yes. trying to take out the many of which are the problem and the yeah. many of well, which that support the problem. Th- that part. Yeah, accomplices die too. Right, because that. that's the thing, because people don't want to think of themselves as bad people because, you know, I've never said the word nigger. I was never a neo-Nazi. And it's like, yeah, but did you still go to Thanksgiving when you knew that your grandpa was going to tell, like, niggers stealing watermelon jokes? Yeah, I'll go okay. farther than that. Um, the, uh, even these people that you say they, they call themselves leftists, but they're arguing to not kill them. Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. that. Kill them, too. I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> don't have time for that shit. We got mm-hmm. too much climate change, too much sea level rise, too mm-hmm. much methane gas, too many species are extinct, too many lives are fucked up, too many rivers, lakes, oceans, polluted, garbage everywhere. I don't have time for the, I don't even do the hand clapping thing. My bad. <laughs> I didn't even intend to do that. Uh, let me stop that. I, I don't like to- <laughs> want to do that but i just don't have time for the shit time is limited folks Mm -hmm. i'm turning 40 soon Mm -hmm. i'm not here to discuss things anymore i'm gonna put out my little comedy news and comment program and advocate for killing these niggas maybe if i make it to like the age of 58 enough people will be on board and say let's do it and i'll be like i'll get my rickety ass up do my fucking pilates right do my fucking stretches drink a smoothie and get out there and i'm gonna get 500 white man scalps before i die oh man i wish we had that on the soundboard now the uh the nazi i want me 100 nazi scalps because he said nazi he says Nazi in that movie. Yeah, and isn't he from like some country? The the we were talking about the the Bradley Pitt. Yes. Isn't he from some country ass place? I honestly don't know. Yeah, he's from like some old some old country ass place. Is what he the, really? Yeah. Hold on. Where Damn. is yeah. Brad? I, yeah, I really Pitt didn't know from. that. But yeah, that I mean, Shawnee, Oklahoma, nigga. What the hell? Yeah, he's from some backward ass shit. <laughs> Well, and that's why his accent was so good. We said, and I want me my Nazi scalps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I swear to fuck, if I were to be an actor in this light and someone was like, all right, we're going to we're gonna need you to play a West Coast street guy. Oh, because I got it, nigga. I got it. <laughs> Let's do this character. <laughs> all right, where the hell is that article? Jesus, ball sack in Christ. Why mm-hmm. do I say that? Uh <clears throat> All right, so let's find out where the word botched was, because that's where we left off. Yes. So the police responds to critics. Um, uh, in a lengthy Facebook post, uh, the chief, Bill Llewellyn, mm-hmm. responded to the criticism, quote, uh, The scene was not managed uh, in a manner that is acceptable to me. However... None of the uh, deficiencies that have been identified 
were due to poor policy or procedure within the department, nor were they influenced by who was involved in the crash or any other personal associations. End quote. Okay. Full of shit, Billy. I mean, nobody believes you, but go off. Uh, the chief said he's not a good old boy. Nigga. If you have to say it. <laughs> we, and it's almost like what, we, we, we had that moment again, right? Why didn't we just keep reading the article? Right, I, <laughs> I thought that one. I that, that was what I was thinking. And, yeah. and he says that he believes in treating everyone fair and equitably. Now, again, now, if you are another white person, he's lying. Why do you, uh, why are you so obsessed with taking everything at face value? If the, the word liar exists because mm-hmm. liars exist. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking on a microphone, therefore the word microphone needs to exist. The microphone is on a table. The word table exists. This fucking pig is lying. That's why the word lie exists. It's your language. Which also, like, even if they really truly didn't believe he was lying, there are other, um, like, terms and expressions in the English language to, um, you know, cover this sort of shit. Like, what what is the saying? Like, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right? Like, shit like that. Like, even that. So even if you had good intentions, taking them at face value, it didn't work. So they even have language where even if someone meant it in the best possible way, it didn't work, you still have language for that, and they still won't use that language. Yeah, they just, they, they want to believe. And it's like, that's, man, I swear to fuck, if I could get, if I could just one one person a day get them to unsubscribe from Kyle Kalinske, because, like, he is... Like as far as like lefties in our age group and this type of media space, mm-hmm. he is like an epicenter of two really fucked up things in what you call discourse. Yeah. His personal rules are he takes everyone at face value. He refuses to believe in bad faith actors. Mm-hmm. And on the two one, you know what that other one is? Free speech absolutist. Wow, how could that ever go wrong? Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Uh, Taking a look at uh, a little bit more here. Uh, They say there's some connections at this article over here at uh, K Houston 11 news station. Uh, Mathis said there were some connections between the the teen driver and the Waller City officials. That connection has not been revealed, but Mathis said, so far there is no evidence that a city official told the officers at the scene how to handle the situation. Liar! But Uh, wait, but that might not be a lie because did they need a fucking city official to tell them or did they just know how to do it already? What if they know how to do it already? Right. So that might be their, um, their sort of like loophole where like, well, we didn't tell them. Yeah, we knew what they were going to do, but we didn't tell them to do it. I don't got time to discuss loopholes. If, if Emperor William was in charge, we would have been shot. These niggas, this story would not have made it to November. Hmm. This story would not have seen Halloween. Mm. We just killed him. Mm-hmm. Jack o' lantern the boy. Literally. Oh, that sounds fun. Carving up, carving up little white killers. Yeah. Carve them up. But can you put a candle in there? Put a candle. Over. Huh? Right. Can you give him a septum piercing and put a candle through it? I would like to see it. 
wait a second. Mm-hmm. No. Put a fireworks in it. Mm-hmm. With a really long fuse. Wait, but then it'll get, like, blood everywhere. And I don't want, like, blood falling from the sky. <laughs> that oh, sounds well, horrible. S- set up a Dexter room. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> set up a Dexter room. Dexter room. All right, well, we can do that. Yeah, well, neo-Nazi explosion space. Dot com. Hmm. Nah, no, not that. Hmm. I mean, but maybe that. Yeah, why not? That's just <laughs> all you do. It's very self-explained. It's like when the whole story is in the headline. Yes. It's that Daily Mail bullet list. Oh, no. <laughs> Daily Mail bullet with tw- 25 bullets, an article, three videos. The shit be looking like a Reddit thread. That is a fucked up looking website. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, the DA, district attorney, said his office will continue to look for any such criminal interference as the investigation proceeds. Da-da-da, the cyclists hire an attorney. The cyclists uh, nationwide respond. The teen's attorney speaks out. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teen's attorney's name is uh, Rick Datato. Uh, he released the following statement. My client is a young man in high school with college aspirations. He is a new and inexperienced driver. Then why should he have a big-ass truck? If he's right. new and inexperienced, put his ass in a fucking smart car. Right. Give him, a, like, a Ford Focus, nigga. Yeah. Fuck? I don't know. Ford Fiesta. Mm. All that. Mm. Right? Or Nissan Versa. Mm. Little vehicles. Uh, <clears throat> And so he's a new and inexperienced driver. Immediately after the accident, police did an investigation at the scene. This included speaking with eyewitnesses to the accident. Accident. After their investigation, they decided not to charge my client and did not issue him a traffic ticket. So they're saying teen, driving age teenager with college aspirations, let's guess 17 years old, huh? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. And I heard Robin Kincaid talking about Roland Cole in 2013. Right. And so if they're, so what, it's 2021 now? 2013 mm-hmm. was eight years ago? Uh, he was 16. 16. Yes. So this motherfucker's just like, they basically came of age in a world where this was already how you behave with the Roland Cole. Mm-hmm. Little dirty fucking killer. All right. Now, the article, because we've tangent in so much now, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, the article you have uh, did mention the, Col- the Roland Cole thing, right? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. I was just checking. Because I, of course, as we tend to do, have like eight different links up of the same story. But yeah, 16 years old um, and driving a Ford Super Duty pickup truck. Damn. Uh, this is an audio podcast. While you keep covering info, oh, I yes. want to see what that looks like. Oh, it's one of the big ones. It's one of the ones that has towing capacity, basically. So you could put, like, a hitch on the back and tow, like, you know, a trailer or whatever. Or, like, you know, it's it's a big, it's it's like a working class pickup truck. Um, so, yeah. So the 16-year-old driver was allegedly attempting to billow exhaust from his Ford Super Duty pickup truck onto a group of riders who were training for a triathlon. So these were also, like, professional athletes as well, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, and then he hit six, uh, six of the bicycle riders and hospitalized four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also, that's an expensive vehicle. You think he might it's catch very that? very expensive. I think he caused some affluenza. 
Oh, he definitely has affluenza. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's just uh, really interesting um, how they're, yeah, <laughs> how they're framing this. But we'll see what happens with the case. Do you think he's going to get get convicted? Do you think they're, wait, is he getting charged as an adult? I don't even know. Um, they would have to charge him as black to do that. Hmm. Put up an Onion article. Right. Oh, they are. I think they are actually going to charge him as a juvenile. Because uh, one of the quotes from this uh, says that due to the confidentiality laws surrounding juvenile cases, we have no further comment at this time. And that was from his lawyer. So I'm actually interested to see if he's uh, just going to go to juvie. Yeah. So he's, he's just a boy. Hmm. Just a little boy made, made an honest mistake. Yeah. Well, George Stinney was a boy, too, and he did not make a mistake. And still. Oh, so this is where Cognito unloads all the hazardous products they can't sell anymore. Introducing new Tylenol Easy Cap, with a cap so loose, even a baby could swallow it. This is the life, eh, Rig? People shopping in actual stores. And instead of smartphones, filthy payphones. Well, yeah, but we have same-day delivery, Wi-Fi, and phones that we never have to actually talk on. Where's Andre? <laughs> oh my god, that accent? I've never been with an oriental guy. Okay, I'm trying to decide if you're hot enough to get away with saying that. Oh, what's your name? It's Doc. Uh, I mean, Duck. Duck Peking. Ah, fuck! What the hell was that? Sorry! Oh, maybe I can turn these hoop earrings into weapons and torture information out of someone. No! All right. So let's go ahead and close out this episode. Uh, Cop 26, October 31st through November 12th. Right now it is November 10th. And let's see where we are so far. This is a collaborative article um, coming from Angela DeWin, Ivana Katasova. It's an A with an accent over it. Don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce that. Katasova. And um, and Ingrid Formanek and Amy Cassidy. All right. They all collaborated on this article for the folks over there at CNN. <clears throat> and this article went up today at 8.37 a.m. And right now at the time of recording, it is 12.10 p.m., I need to be down at the Atlas factory by 3 p.m. to go do a shift. So, Glasgow, Scotland is where they are, and there is a draft of the Glasgow Agreement published today, and includes language that says the world should be aiming to um, should be aiming to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius and acknowledges the role of fossil fuels in the climate crisis. A first for the annual conference of the parties on climate. If the draft is agreed in current form, it could pave the way for deeper emissions cuts by the end of next year. The document is not final, and COP26 delegates from nearly 200 countries will now negotiate the details over the next few days. 
consensus from all nations is required. Typically, draft COP agreements are watered down in the final text, but there is also a chance that some elements could be strengthened depending on how wrangling between countries pans out. That would mean um, arguing. <clears throat> so they have what's in the draft. On 1.5 degrees, the document, quote, recognizes that the impacts of climate change will be much lower at the temperature increase of 1.5 Celsius compared to 2 degrees Celsius and resolves to uh, pursue e efforts to limit the temperature to increase to 1.5 Celsius. We need to reverse it. Scientists, nerds, say the world must limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels in order to avoid climate crisis worsening and approaching, and approaching a catastrophic scenario. A key analysis published on Tuesday said the world is on track for a 2.4 degrees of warming Celsius. That would mean the risks of extreme drought, wildfires, floods, catastrophic sea level rise, and food shortages would increase dramatically. The British uh, COP26 presidency's overreaching goal was to keep 1.5 alive. So this firmed up language is what it, um, this firmed up language is what it and other climate leading nations were hoping for. Several countries, including Saudi Arabia, Russia, China, Brazil, and Australia have shown resistance to this change at various meetings over the past six months in the lead-up to COP26. The United Kingdom Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, spoke with Saudi Crown Prince uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, a name I regularly hear on Democracy Now!, on Wednesday, in which they, uh, quote, discussed the importance of making progress in negotiations in the final days of COP26. A Downing Street readout of the call showed this. Um, quote, uh, the Prime Minister said all countries needed to come to the table with increased ambition if we are to keep the target of limiting global warming to 1.5 Celsius alive. The draft also recognized that achieving this uh, shift means, quote, meaningful and effective action by all countries and territories in what it calls a critical decade, end quote. It recognizes that limiting global warming to 1.5 Celsius by 2100 requires rapid, deep, and sustained reductions in global greenhouse gas emissions, including reducing global carbon dioxide emissions by 45% by 2030 relative to the 2010 level and to, uh, and to net zero around mid-century by 2050, uh, using language that is in line with the latest UN climate science report. Net zero is a state where the amount of greenhouse gases emitted into the atmosphere are no greater than those removed, right? It's kind of like budgeting. It's like a climate budget. Whether through natural means like planting more trees to absorb carbon dioxide or capturing gases with technology. Simple. Just do it. They won't do it. They're not going to do it. Don't have kids, folks. If you already don't have kids, don't have kids. It's, it's fucked. It is so fucked. 
uh, continuing. And these are all quotes from the uh, from the um, <clears throat> the agreement. The right, the the end goal. Uh, they say it is important that the agreement recognizes the importance of the 1.5 degree goal as well as the science that shows deep emissions cuts are needed over this decade. So over the 2020 to 2030 decade, it's already about to be 2022. They ain't, ain't going to do it. <laughs> um, uh, so William Collins tells us that, but then continues to add... Uh, the current pledges in Glasgow are not even close to meeting these cuts by 2030. If countries do not start straight away on a path towards these uh, 2030, excuse me, these 2030 emissions levels, it will be too late to update them in 2025. And this was in reference to the next time the countries are obliged to revise their targets. Uh, his closing quote is, the hope was that this level of ambition could have been achieved in Glasgow. If not, countries will need to be brought back to the negotiations again next year. And they look at countries' emissions plans. Um, the most notable line in the draft is one that urges uh, signatories to come forward by the end of 2022 with new targets for slashing emissions over the next decade. While scientists, nerds, say um, say it's uh, say it's crucial if the world uh, wants to have any chance of keeping warming below two degrees and closer to 1.5. An individual uh, of whom happens to be the director of the International Climate Initiative with the World for, uh, Resources Institute, long ass job titles. Uh, by the this individual goes by the name of David Waskow, and he said he welcomes the 2022 uh, target as progress. So setting a goal in and of itself is not actually in and of itself working towards said goal. <sighs> a quote from David Waskow. So this is crucial language because it does set the time frame around when countries need to come forward with strengthened targets in order to align with Paris. End quote. We know what I'm going to say about the Paris Agreement. Skip it. He continues. Uh, he agrees that uh, six years ago, many parties' emissions did not align with the goal. He warned that there were certain, um, certainly parties who have been pushing back on that, naming Saudi Arabia and Russia as nations against new commitments by the end of 2022. Not America? I ain't nigga. Uh, some experts like Waskow are welcoming this as progress as they claim they're going to do some shit now. Uh-uh. But after the United Nations uh, climate science report in August showed climate change was happening faster than previously thought, exponentially increasing. That's what we say in the wine cellar. It was happening faster than previously thought. Some countries and groups had hoped for a rise in ambition more quickly. Oh, hope. Sometimes you got to just make motherfuckers hope for something. Uh, he continues. This draft deal. This is a uh, Waskow. This draft deal is not a plan to solve the climate crisis. It's an agreement that we'll all cross our fingers and hope for the best. 
Oh, wait, no, 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 wait a second. That is not Waskow anymore. That quote is coming from Jennifer Morgan, uh, Greenpeace International Executive Director. That's Jennifer Morgan's quote. Um, and they said that in a statement pointing to a recent study by, cl by the uh, Climate Action Tracker that shows the world is heading for a 2.4 degrees of warming, even with the new pledges made ahead of COP26. The job of this conference was always to get that number down to 1.5 degrees Celsius, but with this text, um, world leaders are punting it to next year, even if this is the best they can come up with when it's no wonder, then it's no wonder kids today are furious at them. Talking about Greta telling them niggas blah, blah, blah. All right. I personally, um, you probably heard me say this. I think it's hopeless. Capitalists are too greedy. And the people in charge of shit, frankly, the reason that they're in charge of shit is because they're sadists and don't care about things. And they just, uh, they want control over other human beings. Now, um, I'll keep looking at COP26 as we get to the end here, but it is essentially wrapping up. It's Wednesday, um, Thursday, Friday, and that's it, right? Friday is the 12th. And I actually don't know if I'm going to catch it. I might have to catch it and do my last update come Sunday because um, it's 12.20 p.m. right now at this particular moment. And I'm heading to the factory in under two hours. And then from that shift, I have to get to bed and then I have to get up and get to the GM plant by 6.30 a.m. And then from the GM plant, I go to the Atlas plant and stay there until uh, 8 p.m. I typically don't actually get out of the building until like 8.15, 8.20 and get home shortly before 9 p.m. So from 6.30 a.m. to about 8.45 p.m., I'm literally out of the house and I can't really access these things while I'm on the shift. I can take a look at some news while I'm on break, but I'm going to miss some of that stuff, all right? And uh, so I'll probably be catching back up with it uh, Monday. And with that, it's a wrap. Good day.